Welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today we are once again coming to you live on Facebook and on YouTube and on our county website. So we are so glad you're joining us. We have two very special guests today with us, starting at the far end of the dais. We have Ruth Larson. Ruth is the Berkeley representative for the James City County Board of Supervisors and the chair of the Williamsburg Tourism Council. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you back. And we have a first-time participant with us, which is always exciting, Vicki Simino. Vicki is the chief executive officer for Williamsburg Tourism Council. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So glad to have you both here. Well, as you all know, spring is right around the corner. And especially after this past year, I think I've never been more excited for a spring. So this is going to be very exciting. And with spring, to our area comes visitors. So before we get started, though, I do want to ask the people that are watching that if you have any questions for us, please be sure to post them on our Facebook on the event. I think it's right below us. And we will most definitely try to get to your questions on air. And But first, we're going to begin with you, Ruth. Okay. Okay. What is the Tourism Council, or really, what is your role on the Tourism Council? Well, my role is I am the chair of the Tourism Council, and as you know, the, the, how the Tourism Council is comprised or made up was in the statue of how the Tourism Council got created. So there's representatives from each of the localities. There's a representative from Bush Gardens. There's a representative from the hotels, from restaurants. Uh, from J Jamestown. So there's a wide variety of representation on it. There's nine of us that are on the council. I'm the chair. I served as the treasurer, though, for about two and a half years. So I've been involved since the beginning, and it's been really exciting to see it, what's unfolding unfold. So it's it's been a pleasure to be part of. Great. Well, Vicki, again, welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today. I know that you have a presentation yes. that you would like to go over, mm -hmm. which will be great. For those of you who are listening to the podcast over a podcast player, we are going to include the presentation in our show notes. So you're not going to miss a thing. So Vicki, I will let you take okay, it away. Over to me. All right. Well, thank you both for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity um, to speak with you today and share a little bit about the Williamsburg Tourism Council, also known as Visit Williamsburg. So, um, but I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone who's listening today or watching us to know that tourism is a major contributor to our economy as a region. In 2019, 1.5 million visitors stayed in a hotel or a paid accommodation, and those visitors spent more than $750 million. So big business for this area, um, it, which is why it's so important to properly market the fact that this is a tourism destination. So as Ruth mentioned, this organization was created by statute. The Williamsburg Tourism Council did become operational on July 1 of 2018. Um, we were created to market, advertise, and promote what is known as the Historic Triangle. The Tourism Council did replace a destination program, a destination marketing program, excuse me, that was once administered by the Greater Williamsburg Chamber and Tourism Alliance. Our primary objective, the reason we exist, is to increase overnight visitation to the region. Our strategic goals include 
again, increasing that visitation, but also to increase tax revenue. We want to unify the region under the Destination Marketing Organization's tourism brand and strategy, and we need and want to improve reporting, analytics, and data-driven optimization. So keep these sort of strategic goals in mind as we work through this uh, presentation today. Again, as Ruth mentioned, um, statutorily, um, we, we do have many members of, on our board of directors, James City County, Colonial Williamsburg, and the City of Williamsburg comprise our executive committee. Um, one of the major components of creating a new destination marketing organization is looking at the structure and how we were going to create positions that would help us fulfill our business goals. And so here you can see how this organization has come together. We have a sales director, a team of one. As we work through COVID, we hope to increase that, that sales department as, as we move through time here. We have a communications function, um, a marketing function, and of course, we have to have someone who helps us pay the bills and keep the lights on. So uh, this is a, a very small team when you compare the size of our budget um, to other destination marketing organizations. We're lean and we're mean and um, we're making some pretty cool stuff happen. I'm just going to, I am going to um, intercept interrupt you for just one moment sure. sorry maybe when you talk about the uh, salespeople that you hope to bring in yeah um, but like you said you and you've just done an excellent job I do want people to understand what a good job that you've done running this organization in an efficient manner because you really have our, our payroll is very small percentage compared to a lot of places like you said um, and that's something that I know that you've made a real priority. But maybe, you, so when you have these open international, so, so that people understand these are salespeople that are going to go after these markets. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. And I'm happy to clarify that. So the sales team is, you know, going to drive business um, to the area. And so we're, we've broken up the sales function into several categories. And so group tour, for example, is just what it sounds like I, when you see those buses filled <laughs> with people, hopefully again soon, coming to the area. We'll have a person focused on group tour. We'll have a person focused on what's called mice, but the, the it's <laughs> meetings incentive, not, not little mice. Um, it's meetings, incentive, convention, and exhibitions. So whenever we're going to um, pitch to someone to have their annual conference or, or things like that, um, sports, people traveling to the area to play tournaments, things like that. We'll have a position focused on that. And someday, as international reopens, it is a priority to focus on the international market. They travel further, they stay longer, and they spend more money. And so uh, really, the sales function is um, the largest piece, as you can see, of the organization. Thank you. You well, bet. and then I'm going to continue. I have a question. Yeah. We promise we will not no, stop. No, no, this every is great. I, I much prefer a conversation. <laughs> this Thank is you. an eight hour episode of this <laughs> week in James City County. Yeah. Now, what is a FAM coordinator? So, part of what we do is we host travel writers and social media influencers here in the area. And so what that is called when you're bringing somebody to the region is a familiarization tour. Gotcha. And um, we have someone who's solely focused on ensuring that we're creating an itinerary that is lined up with what a travel writer has been assigned to write about while they're here in the area. 
Um, and also, a social media influencer program has been a big part of you know what we've pushed out there, um, sort of post reopening in June of 2020. We wanted to be able to communicate in, in an authentic first person voice that this area is safe to travel to, and and also to kind of help us change perception about traveling sure. to the area. That <clears throat> history is in our DNA, it will always be in our DNA, but that's not all that we have to offer here. And so we do um, work really hard to provide sort of a well-rounded experience for these folks when they come here. Okay, great, sure. thank you. Yeah. All right, so as part of standing up the organization and you know rewriting every job description in the place and going through a, a hiring process, um, we also procured every contract that we have. Um, we are a public body. We um, do have to adhere to the Virginia Procurement Act, and as such, we put every single piece of business out to bid. And so anyone who has gone through a procurement process knows that it's very time-consuming, but it's also very important um, that any business um, that you're contracting out is done in, um, in a way that is fair and open. Um, and so that is something that we've um, dedicated a lot of time to in standing up the organization. All right, so let's start. Let's talk about some of the fun stuff now. So everything that we do, it's rooted in data and research and consumer perception. You know, we're not kind of guessing what people will like or will be drawn to. We go through um, quite a bit of work on the research side before any creative uh, hits any market that we are advertising in. And so everything from perception studies to testing our campaigns and our images to focus groups about sort of what people think or know about this area. And from there, that's where we really develop what we call our strategic foundation. And our creative platform is something that we, we root every piece of creative in. And so when we look at how we're positioning the area, we, we look at sort of human insight, right? We start with that. When you make a travel decision, it's a very emotional decision. It's, it's something that you, save for, it's something that you dream about. And so, you know, we know that we need to kind of tap into those emotions. And so we look at it from a defiantly human insight approach. At the end of the day, we're all humans and we sometimes too often make decisions uh, rooted in emotion. But, um, but we all yearn for regrounding right now more than ever. I mean, it has been a tough year for everyone and everybody is just hoping to kind of get back to what seems like a little bit of normal. And so we know that what we want the desired perception to be is that Williamsburg is a safe and relaxing escape from a life of strain and complexity. And that's not during just COVID. That's all of the time, really. You know, Everybody works hard, and they wear many hats. And when you go on vacation, you want to be the best version of yourself. And so. What we wanted our brand platform to be was really to communicate that Williamsburg is a getaway experience where nothing's complicated and everything sort of reunites us with the ones we love. And bottom line, what our creative platform is rooted in is reuniting with what truly matters to you. And, and reuniting with what truly matters is different for everyone too, right? And so the campaign that we've created is called Life at Your Pace. 
And I'll just read this to you. The world fo forces us to move at a pace that doesn't always make us comfortable. We yearn to get back to our pace of life as fast or as slow as we wish. We want to get control of our lives back. Williamsburg is the place to do just that because your vacation is your vacation. You want to sleep in and have breakfast for lunch? Go for it. You want to play golf all day, every day, for an entire week? It's your vacation. You want to hop in a canoe and see where the James River takes you? Without a paddle? <laughs> then head to Williamsburg and experience life at your pace. And so when we're speaking to people, we're focusing on sort of three core demographics, active, mature, Gen X and millennial families, and Gen X and millennial couples traveling without children. We also are actively looking for consumers who are shopping for travel. And so folks who have Googled vacation, we're focusing on the fact that they've Googled that keyword. And so it just gives us a, cl a closer kind of conversion rate as we're focusing on folks who are actively looking at travel. Um, we advertise the destination in 20 markets. Uh, really, this is a very comprehensive program. Um, we've expanded it over the past year to include Cleveland and Columbus, Ohio, and we run digital display advertising in New York. We had planned to run TV in New York, but when sort of the pandemic hit, we decided we're, we're going to hold on TV in, in the country's most expensive market until things are truly um, open and people are freely traveling again. Um, you name it, we do it. Everything from linear, linear TV to connected TV. So linear would be your traditional turn on the tube and watch you know, Wheel of Fortune at 7 o'clock uh, to our connected TV channels. Um, again, social media influencers are a big part of what we, we do. Um, digital display advertising is the largest portion of our budget, about 42% of our budget is rooted in digital display advertising. Um, but social and pay-per-click is uh, always kind of going on in the background. These are digital, social, and pay-per-click are always happening year-round. We have an always-on approach, and we have uh, for about the last year or so. Um, and here you can see that um, we ran a small amount of media in January, a lot of that digital stuff that I was just talking about. But as of February 1, we were live in all 20 markets with TV and all of the aforementioned tactics. And so you can see here that the bulk of our budget is spent um, from February through July um, with a decent percentage, roughly 30% um, in August to take us through the end of the year. And so how does life at your pace kind of come to life? Um, no pun intended. And uh, this is some ex these are some examples of our spring and summer creative. And you can see here, you know, thrill at your pace, sip at your pace, explore, putt. These are all intended to speak to different audiences who have also communicated or shown that they are focused on a particular activity. So we have kind of three different personas that we also target sort of in the background. Um, seers and doers, culture questers, and simple strivers is, is um, what we call them. And so every ad that we create is intended to focus on one of those three personas.
and is served up to one of those three personas. So if we know that there's a seer and doer and they, they want to pack as much into their vacation as possible, we're going to hit them with really action-oriented creative. If we know that someone is hyper-focused on history and culture, then they'll get served up advertisements that feature history and culture. So it really is an interesting time where you can get so granular with your marketing effort. Here are some great examples of um, some of the social work that we're doing. And you can see here in Williamsburg, history isn't in a book. It's a living, evolving experience waiting to be explored. Um, so again, that would go to our culture questers. Um, so this, and we're really trying to communicate that we also have a fairly robust food and beverage scene here as well, because that is an important factor um, when people are choosing a vacation destination. Um, we do switch up our creative for fall and holiday to reflect that the leaves have changed and there are different kinds of experiences to be had in those seasons. This year, because of virtual learning, we did launch a um, modest effort to focus on encouraging people to remote learn from Williamsburg. And so you can see here that we've, you know, made a slight adjustment to the life at your pace campaign and, you know, kind of put in that little remote life at your pace. Um, but it really was focused on um, school-based media. We wanted to talk to parents um, and teachers. And this has, um, this has provided uh, quite a bump in terms of website visitors to, or visitation. So, um, in December, we launched the Williams blog, and so this is part of our content um, strategy, but we serve up anywhere between three to five new pieces of news um, a week on our blog. And so this is an, another avenue in channels that we own where we can tell the Williamsburg story a little differently. We can really dive into specific experiences and have some fun with it, you know, at Instagrammable places in Williamsburg, you know? <laughs> so, you know, for anyone who's uh, listening from outside of the area, when you travel here, you know exactly where to go and take pictures and selfies and all of that good stuff. Um, travel safely in Williamsburg continues to be one of our top performing blog posts. Uh, we do have a little media behind the blog, uh, and that really is intended to, again, hyper-target folks who have searched for specific things. So whether it's um, <clears throat> vacation safely. So we're going to serve them up through this media channel, the Travel Safely in Williamsburg blog, blog post. Um, if they have recently searched, you know, great restaurants in Williamsburg, then they'll get the five questions with a local bartender blog post. And so, you know, we're really able to also highlight the characters that make this destination unique and different. Uh, I had mentioned earlier our influencer strategy. This is just a nice roundup you can see here. For those of you who follow the Busbies on TLC's Outdaughtered, they um, and their six children came here in uh, December to experience Williamsburg during the holidays. Um, but we, we try to focus on folks who are um, engaged in promoting vacation destinations in some way, shape, or form as part of their content. Social media is a big part of our strategy. We're 
uh, posting on the daily uh, to make sure that people understand the depth and breadth of things to see and do here in Greater Williamsburg. And we talked a little bit about sales earlier, but our sales effort, and you know, it. it it will become robust again once there are places to go sell um, as far as trade shows and, and uh, you know, we hope to have sales missions for folks who are in the industry to participate in to really go help us sell the destination and get those groups booked and get the different associations to make sure that they have their annual meeting here. But there is a whole plan around the work that we're doing on the sales side. Um, we've been sort of inching back um, as virtual shows have continued to take place. And the good news is that in-person shows are starting to happen again. And so our sales director will be um, in Louisville, Kentucky at the end of this month um, to sell to associations. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back. A big part of when we go on these different sales missions, you know, events, trade shows, all of that, Every time we come back from one of those or we complete one of those, we have a business lead for the industry. So we're driving to literally, you know, the number of room nights. You know, we're there to sell hotel rooms. We're there to sell an experience. And if we're not coming back with new business leads for the industry, we're not doing our job. And these are posted within two weeks to our website. And so those new business leads can be found on uh, vis visitwilliamsburg.com's industry pages. Uh, we do send an, uh, an email out to the industry on a weekly basis that includes new sales leads um, as they appear or as we've completed a show. Also public relations leads. So anytime we're writing a a press release or a pitch and pushing that out to travel writers. Um, we want to hear from the industry. We're, we're there uh, to support the industry. And so this is an important piece of it. So definitely take advantage of the new business leads that, that we post almost daily. Well, and I think, excuse me, that's been a place where, <coughs> excuse me, you've mm -hmm. been really, where I've seen anyway, you, you've took a real look at where were we going before? Yes. And were we getting any business from that? Right. And if we weren't getting any business and there wasn't the potential for business down the road, you right. say, you know what, we've got to go to we've got to go to another one. We can't just keep repeating what we're doing yes. because it's not working. Right. And that's part of the reason why we we now have this organization, because we we knew that what we were doing wasn't working. And so we had to we had to do something else. And so you, that's just been one place where I've just seen you just zero in on, and, and you're not repeating. You're really looking at data and looking at what, you know, what's, what is the benefit for the, for the area and for the organization. Right, right. So. I mean, if, if we're not meeting our business goals, which at the end of the day is overnight visitation, we're not doing something right. And every piece of our program is designed to drive a business goal, period. And, um, and so I would encourage folks, if they are not signed up for our weekly industry email, um, that they do contact us or they do reach out and get signed up for that because you'll get a ton of information, whether it's related to COVID and different uh, resources on that front or some of the leads that I've talked about. All of the research that we do is posted on our website. This is information that, you know, we conduct research so that all of us are better informed and prepared to market to our visitors. And so 
everything that we do is um, posted and available. So don't hesitate to reach out to our office because we do have uh, some great industry pages that are currently up. Um, we are in the process of redeveloping our website and that will only improve. Um, really looking forward to the completion of that project. Again, these are just some you know, examples of what the leads pages look like, the kinds of things that we're looking for from the industry deals, packages and discounts. Um, we're doing a pretty cool pitch around the gardens of Williamsburg. I, you know, it, one of the things that I thought was pretty neat, um, and people may not realize this, just the bush gardens alone, the, the size of their nursery and the amount of flowers. Like, So we want to get kind of granular and put that out there. Like, how many flower bulbs are planted in Greater Williamsburg each spring to, to make it as the beautiful place that it is to visit? Yeah. And where are kind of some of the, the hidden gems and secret gardens to go um, read a book or just chill out for a little bit? So, And you can see um, the kinds of media clips that we are able to achieve even during a global pandemic here on the right-hand side of the screen. Um, speaking of the industry, and again, everything that we do is to, you know, drive business here, but also to unify, and this goes back to the strategic goals uh, that I had mentioned at the beginning, is to unify the industry under the Visit Williamsburg brand. And part of um, how we do that is by sharing research, by um, encouraging, uh, you know, folks participating in our programming. But we also created a cooperative marketing program where Visit Williamsburg will match a business investment one-to-one -one in order to participate. We selected two vendors um, in order to sort of create these cooperative advertisements that are in line with the Visit Williamsburg brand. And here's a great example of how that comes to fruition, right? Um, it's the Life at Your Pace campaign, but we are encouraging um, private businesses to take advantage of that, leverage our buy, we're, we're stronger together, and, and, and leverage the, the wonderful brand and campaign that underwent an enormous amount of testing before ever seeing the light of day. Um, you know, I've talked a little bit about COVID, but certainly it was about a year ago today um, where sort of, our lives changed as we knew it, and nobody really knew how it was going to go or shake out. But uh, throughout COVID, we worked to become a better information resource to the industry. And we also had to pivot on a dime. We were live with our ad campaign. We had to pull it in a matter of hours. Um, and during that time, worked to um, focus on the future when we reopen. And so we were one of the first tourism destinations um, in the state to start posting some positive messaging, you know, but we did have to switch our approach on social media, um, you know, just really switch our focus to sort of the things that were resonating with consumer sentiment, like spaces that are not crowded, outdoor spaces, places where people felt safe. And so our social media approach went from featuring people to having zero people in it um, to talk about some of that outdoor space that we have here that oftentimes goes unnoticed or is, is not necessarily what folks think of when they, when they think of this area. Um, we also launched a TV um, campaign uh, sort of early May. Again, people were still sort of 
in stay at under stay at home orders, but we were the first destination here in Virginia to launch any sort of TV effort. And that effort was really about we'll be together again soon. You know, um, it was meant to be a bridge campaign, but it it embraced the promise of the future, <clears throat> and really tried to show that optimism that we miss people as much as everybody else does, and we can't wait for things to get back to normal. And so we were able to maintain a marketing presence. We stayed, um, hopefully, more top of mind than those destinations that went quiet totally. Um, and we wanted to make sure that, again, we were supporting those industry partners and local businesses and keeping consumers engaged in what we do and what we're about. We also launched a, a local effort um, during the week of National Travel and Tourism Week, week of May 3rd of last year. And, you know, the ad kind of says it all. When the world is ready to leave their homes, we'll be ready to invite them here. So all the while, you know, we were running these local efforts, these uh, efforts that were obviously non-traditional for a tourism destination to keep us top of mind. So at the end of the day, we're doing all of this work. How do we know if it's working, right? Well, we have a whole lot of data and research to help us do that. And you'll recall that one of our strategic goals was to enhance um, our reporting and research efforts. And, and I know that over the course of the last two years, we've, we've done a lot of work on that front. Um, we have a performance dashboard, and this is just one example of when we've got digital media out there, we can literally look at it based on a time frame in real time in some cases and know how those ads are performing, how many clicks we're getting, how many site visits we're getting, how many hotel bookings we're getting. We use a, a platform called Adara Impact, and it literally measures if someone clicked on an ad and then went on to book hotel or an airplane ticket. And so you can see here, even, you know, we had 704 bookings in this small time frame based on people who clicked on one of our ads and went on to book um, a hotel. Uh, but what's even more optimistic here is the number of hotel searches, nearly 25,000 hotel searches from someone who clicked on an ad and then said, I'm going to just check this out. So you can see that being able to get this granular and understanding not only, you know, are they booking a hotel, but what's sort of their age demographic? Where are they coming from? So it, it really helps us to keep a tab on our efforts so that we can pivot on a dime if we need to. Um, this is just another great example of our dashboard. Uh, one really important statistic, though, that I want to point out here is that in this time frame, 81% of the visitors to our website were first-time visitors. They had never been to our website before. So that means that our effort is working if we're drawing 80% of our visitors had never been there before, never considered us before, and now they are. And that, that is fairly significant. And another way that we report and measure are through um, what's known as a Smith Travel Research Report. And so this will give you an idea of um, when we look at hotel occupancy rate, average daily rate is what um, it's kind of called here in the hospitality industry. Uh, I did choose this slide because I, you know, I don't want to gloss over the fact that COVID um, has been the most challenging situation that the hospitality industry has ever gone through. The economic impact of COVID is 15 times that of 9-11. Wow. 
And so it's not just Williamsburg and it's not just the United States, it's literally every tourism destination around the globe that has struggled with this. And so, you know, knowing that we've got a comeback here um, and we're gonna make it. And, and, and that's why it was so important that in June of last year, we maintained and we, we reignited our ad campaign that we had pulled in February to make sure that even if people weren't feeling safe about travel, we would at least be top of mind so that when they do, we can be the great comeback kid here on the East Coast. So, but it, I, it would be remiss of me to gloss over the fact that our, our hospitality industry has struggled um, like no other. Um, moving on from that, we also have an economic dashboard, and this is where we can measure visitor spend, visitor volume, what people, what commodity people are spending on. So we're able to break down in James City County um, how much spending took place and and what the commodity was. Um, so whether it's food or lodging or gas or retail, we're able to get that granular. Um, and so this has been an important dashboard that we've built here in just the last year or so. But I think, you know, one of the programs that we do is our ad effectiveness study. And I think that this is really going to resonate with a lot of folks. Because at the end of the day, you know, sure, could people travel here if Visit Williamsburg didn't exist? Yeah, that would happen. But what we want to communicate is how many people wouldn't travel here and how much money wouldn't be spent here if Visit Williamsburg didn't exist. And so we have a return on investment study that we do on an annual basis. The most recent uh, was from 2019. And so we have a third party research partner that's based in Indianapolis called Smarry Insights. And they handle the likes of California, Florida, Illinois, New York. Um, they have a methodology that is employed across the country um, and they now use that same methodology here in Williamsburg to measure our impact on the economy. And so they go into our markets, they survey close to 4,000 people, which for anyone who's been involved in political polling or any sort of <laughs> statistical work, they know that that is um, a strong sample size. And at the end of the day, they come back to us and they say, okay, so out of everybody that you were targeting, you effectively increased awareness with close to 40% of those folks that you were targeting. And you can see here that where we range in that is in the good to excellent range. So we're comparing ourselves to other DMOs around the country, and we are performing at the good to excellent range in terms of driving consumer awareness. And as we continue on with our ad campaign, we're able to get smarter and more efficient with it and going back to those personas who we target, those geographic locations that we target, the creative that we're serving up, we know that it's resonating. And so what we were able to drive out of that 4.4 million aware households that we reached, we drove 8% incremental travel. What that means is that these are people who hadn't considered Williamsburg, saw one of our advertisements in some way, shape, or form, and then went on to book travel. Um, Vicki, if yes. I can ask a question. You said DMOs. Yes, destination can... marketing organizations. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I tend to speak in acronyms sometimes. <laughs> well, we all do. For initialism. That's all right. Can you share what some of those DMOs are that we compete with? 
So we have a competitive set, um, and we also have an aspirational set. Okay. So, okay. so we would put ourselves against places like Hershey, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, it, we have chocolate. Yeah, we do have <laughs> yeah. chocolate. We have good chocolate. <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, Ash, we have that. Asheville. Yeah. And so these are some of the places that we uh, that serve as our benchmark on how we're performing against. Okay, yeah. great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you bet. Um, so out of the aware households uh, that, again, they hadn't considered us, saw our ads, booked travel, those uh, that influenced visitation that wouldn't have happened without Visit Williamsburg's work produced influenced spending of nearly $406 million. And out of that $406 million, more than $14 million of that was in the form of fees and taxes. So we're producing that tax revenue that I mentioned earlier as one of our strategic goals. So then we even break it down even further. So for every dollar we spend on media, what comes back to this region in the form of fees and taxes? And it's $3. We have a three to one return on investment. So, you know, this program is not sort of a, a, a gift. It exists to drive tax revenue to this area. And so, so I do kind of want to end with making that point that um, Visit Williamsburg in the couple of years here that I um, have, have led this organization, we've done some incredible work despite um, a whole lot of curveballs. And so um, from here, I'm happy to take any questions or discuss anything else further. Well, I think that you should end with your org chart again, because it is amazing <laughs> the amount of work that comes out of such a small staff. Yeah, we're literally about a third of the size of other destination marketing organizations in our budget range. It's um, it's, it's a small, uh, lean team. But they do great things. They really do. Uh, and I know, I, I know we've got other people that we need to get to, too, so I, I know you don't want me to ask too many questions. Oh, but I, I do want to just ask one follow-up because mm -hmm. it was important for me to do this. And like I said to you earlier, Renee, the timing I thought was really good because it really... Last year, when COVID hit, right before budget time, I had this realization that there are a lot of people in our community that do not realize the role tourism plays here. And tourism plays an extremely important role, and I hope that Chris and Sharon are going to speak to that. But, I, you know, I, I read certain things, or certain things get sent to me um, that, that people say, and so there was a little bit of it, we need to stop this during COVID. So can you, and you, you covered it a little bit, but mm -hmm. can you just speak to it a, a, again mm -hmm. about why it was so important to keep pushing through during COVID? What, what would have happened if, if you had said, okay, well, that's it. We're going to close down for right. a year right. until we know what's happening with the world. What kind of catch-up would we have been having to do now, for instance? Well, we certainly wouldn't have, you know, 80% of our visitors to our website be first-time visitors to our website. We certainly, you know, and we're actually finalizing a brand a health study as we speak for 2020, so we'll be able to speak to that um, even further here in the not-too-distant future. But, you know, I always like to use the example of... Um, during the Great Depression, there were two cereal companies, right? There was Kellogg's and there was Post. And during the Great Depression, Kel uh, Post decided it was going to pull back on its marketing and focus on its operations and focus on getting cereal out to the public. And 
Kellogg's did not. They maintained, if not strengthened, their marketing effort. And at the end of the day, they became the top cereal brand because they stayed in market and they kept consumers aware that their brand um, existed and it kept them top of mind and they ended up gobbling up a whole lot of post-market share at the end of the day. And, and, you know, that's something that is our focus too. You know, we, we want to kind of go after visitors who are choosing other places. We want to gobble up some of that market share from an Asheville or a Charleston or, or a Hershey, you know. And, and so that's a big part of our strategy too. Um, so I hope that answers your question. It does, and I, and I appreciate it very much. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think what you're saying, everyone only has so much vacation. So they have to choose. Are you going to go to Hershey or are you going to come to the incredible greater Williamsburg area? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Very yeah. good. And we know where we want them to come. Of course. Mm -hmm. yes. Of course. Yes. Well, now I also want to know, and you don't have to answer this, how you choose influencers. I don't want to brag, but I have 57 followers on Instagram. <laughs> well, so. then we're, we need to talk to you, yeah, Renee. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... So our agency, um, which is called Connolly Partners, they have a proprietary software program where they're looking at the number of followers um, an influencer might have, but then also the subject matter that they cover. Um, they're highly vetted um, before we even bring that, you know, even consider them. Um, but it's a combination of folks who either specialize in vacation destinations or leisure travel or have a very strong following um, because we, you know, we want to up the the cool factor. Right. We we want people to know that, you know, um, there's really sophisticated dining and cocktails that exist here, and outdoor recreation, and you know, the programming that's offered at our living history museums and, and cultural spots is is incredible and significant and can't be found in other places. And so using these influencers and their authentic voices that resonate with their followers has been incredibly helpful in sort of communicating new and different things about Williamsburg as the and, and the region. So I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. I, I follow Lisa Turkhurst on Instagram. And she put a picture of herself, and it looked sort of familiar. And she said, "She's a she's an author, right? A New York Times, yes. List she's, a, she's an yeah, author yeah. and mm -hmm. sp speaker. And um, and she she said, where else can you go ice skating, ride a roller coaster, go to a lavender farm, all in one weekend? And I went, wait a minute. And I said, are you in Williamsburg? <laughs> And then I said something to Vicky, and she said, oh, her daughter was the influencer who was here this weekend. Oh, wow. So, you know, while it was, you know, I'm not the generation they were going after necessarily, but but I think her mom had, it was it was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's a lot you can do mm -hmm. in one weekend. Right. And that was the point that we're trying to make, is that there's so much to do around here. And so that was really funny. And then they had one other, the Busbies, and if you have a daughter that is in probably from 10 to, I don't know, 30 or so, they'll know the Busbies, trust okay. me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we have a couple extra guests yes. or other guests, not extra, in with us, we have two directors with James City County. 
We have Sharon Day, who is the Director of Financial Management Services, and you have also been on the podcast before, typically talking budget. And we're also joined by Chris Johnson, Director of Economic Development. What would you all like to add to the conversation? Sharon, we'll start with you. Thank you, Renee, for the opportunity. Um, I think a lot of what I would normally add to the conversation has already been said, uh, much better than I could probably say it. But just from a financial standpoint, from the county's perspective, I think this year more than any other year, we have certainly felt the impact or lack thereof of tourism to our area. Um, there's really three primary revenue sources that directly support tourism in our area, namely the lodging tax, the additional historic triangle $2 lodging tax, and then also the additional historic 1% sales tax. Those dollars are used to fund some vital nonprofit entities that we partner with. It supports activities that James City County hosts, for example, the events at the Jamestown Park. And it also helps support some vital capital projects that both our tourists as well as our residents enjoy, such as the marina. That generates about $8 million of an investment from the county, and as you've heard Vicki say, it brings in about $750 million of spending to the area on an annual basis. That doesn't even account for other areas of revenue that support the county for unrestricted purposes. Examples of that would be meals tax and sales tax. We greatly felt the impact of meals tax this year um, due to the impact of tourism in our area. So again, just wanted to reiterate from a financial standpoint, the great return on, return on investment and the quality of life that our citizens are able to enjoy because of the impact that tourism has on our area. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the great job that you've done throughout well, since you've been in this position, but but when COVID first started, you've been so great about keeping us updated and letting us know where we are and also talking to us about the impact that we're seeing because of COVID and the lack of visitors to our area. And you know, we want visitors, we can bring visitors here safely, um, but you and I have talked a lot about uh, Bush Gardens because Bush Gardens wasn't able to open for a very long time. Uh, they are now able to be open. They, they are still operating under some restrictions, but they're doing a great job. They had a very safe plan uh, for reopening. And so, you know, I really appreciate the way that you've had your finger on um, our financial pulse and have kept us updated. And I'm hoping that, that we will see some trajectory this, you know, as more vaccines get out and um, people start traveling some more. But, and I know you're going to keep us updated on how it's looking. So. Absolutely, yeah. I will. And we've certainly learned some lessons. You think you know, um, and some things you do know and some things you don't know. We've learned a lot from this experience, and certainly that helps us moving forward in our budgeting. And as we continue to come out of this pandemic, we are definitely seeing positive trends, and hopefully that will continue. That's good. And did you see some positive were, were there things that surprised you that you did, we didn't see quite the dip in that you thought we might see? Absolutely. I think the meals tax and the sales tax were the two biggest surprises. We really anticipated our sales tax would be hit harder than it was. Um, and so our, our, what we've learned from that is, one, we're, we have the ability to collect sales tax on Internet sales now. That's still a fairly new um, 
in development. And so because people were staying home, they weren't necessarily out in the shopping centers, but they were still shopping. So the impact there wasn't as great. Meals tax, on the other hand, took a much bigger hit than we had anticipated. And that tells us the impact of Bush Gardens. Um, one, they're, they're one of our biggest taxpayers of meals tax um, directly as a corporation, but also the tourists are eating out. They're eating out at their restaurants and, and residents were as well to the extent they could. Obviously, we were under a great deal of restrictions, um, but that really surprised us. Uh, we budgeted about 10% reduction in meals tax and our true experience was closer to 60%. Um, meals tax is about $8 million in revenue. So that's quite an impact there. Thank so, you. One of those lessons learned. <laughs> well, and you know, in the most recent weeks, Travel sentiment studies conducted by a group called Longwood International, and they're they're focused within the travel space, um, did show that trip planning is starting to grow significantly. So that is good news for destinations throughout the nation. Um, Eighty-one percent of American travelers um, have planned, and that means folks who would typically take a vacation or, or travel somewhere have plans to travel within the next six months. So. That is good news, and as increased vaccine accessibility becomes um, more and more, uh, it is driving optimism. And so, um, you know, Q2, we'll see how that goes, but Q3 and Q4, we're, we're hoping to see a much more significant sort of increase and kind of getting back to what was once normal. Wonderful, I, wonderful I did news. see a lot of people, uh, Bush Gardens did a Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. Yes. I saw a lot of people that posted on social media that they were, you know, they were all masked up and everything, but they were out. So people are wanting to get out yes. too. And I think they're grateful for, to, to be able to have a place to go. So, yeah. And Safely. Yes. And Sharon, I learned how to cook and I really don't enjoy it. <laughs> So very soon I will start going back out. So yeah, we appreciate help. that. Every little bit helps, right? That's right. We, we need you. I know. Yeah. 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 Cooking Don't is let overrated. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Chris, how about you? Good afternoon. Thanks, everybody. I certainly appreciate the invite. Now, excellent presentation. I learned a lot just by listening to that as well. Um, one of the confusing things that I think our office in economic development receives is just the, the misunderstanding as to what our office does separate from what the Tourism Council does. So certainly I hope that uh, that presentation uh, certainly sheds some light on where the Tourism Council operations go. Um, tourism operations in the Office of Economic Development work to support those operations. The organization's events uh, that are in tourism um, certainly have a, a, an impact on our economy, as Sharon alluded to, from the tax standpoint, the revenue standpoint. And pure and simple, outside spending uh, helps us keep our real estate tax low. Um, what's good for tourism, what's good for visitors wanting to come visit the area is also good for our residents, and it's also good for our businesses. And it helps as this, uh, the primary tool that our businesses have to make this an attractive location to consider, uh, to drive the traffic we have at our industrial parks and our available properties. We're certainly seeing an increase um, here over the past year. Uh, it has not died off. Um, people are still out. Businesses are looking to take advantage of the revenue streams and retarget their and refocus their efforts. Um, so we're seeing a, a healthy, steady flow of businesses um, to keep those revenue streams uh, solid. Uh, some of the things just in tourism that, that I just want to highlight briefly, um, some of which were mentioned earlier, um, James City County, uh, 
the main of Williamsburg, a new wedding event uh, retail venue, uh, excuse retreat venue um, in Ms. Uh, Larson's district, the Berkeley district, uh, had a groundbreaking this last year and looks to be open later this year. Um, that is certainly one offering, certainly the efforts down at the James City County Marina that are ongoing right now to enhance their Billsburg Brewery. Uh, the Sweet Haven Lavender Farm, or just some of the other tourism-based industries that we have as part of our backbone here um, that are all doing very, very well um, throughout the... We will see the return of the Pure Silk Championship at Kingsmill. The LPGA event will be returning this May. Uh, certainly, we won't have the same capacity and the same number of visitors, uh, the 40,000, 50,000 guests that they normally entertain there. But after a year off due to COVID, we're certainly excited to see that uh, come back and to get the Williamsburg name out there in the marketplace as a whole as well. And part of Bush Gardens opening, uh, reopening at full, uh, full capacity, uh, but reopening on a, a larger scale, they will be uh, having their multi-launch roller coaster Pantheon opening later this year. Well, so certainly um, anytime a new venue, anytime a new attraction opens up at uh, Bush Gardens, that certainly drives a lot of uh, tourist interest as well. So uh, the 110 uh, restaurants we have, the 15 hotels and campgrounds, as well as Sweet Haven Lavender Farm, uh, we certainly have a, a fair substantial portion of our local economy is based on tourism. Uh, the tourism dollars that come in from a revenue standpoint also translate to jobs, roughly 20 percent um, of the jobs we have uh, here in James City County are in tourism-related industries. So I'm um, always happy to hear that uh, where we are with that, that things are heading in a positive direction. And uh, again, appreciate the opportunity to come today. Thank you. Thank you. If I could just hit on something that, that you had said. Um, you know, tourism marketing impacts more than just driving visitors to the area too, right? It it promotes an overall sense of the lifestyle that exists in a community like that, which oftentimes can play a double role in um, driving talent attraction campaigns and efforts, business attraction. Um, you know, it, it tourism is economic development in in so many ways, shapes, and forms. And and to be able to know that there is such a robust program out there that is promoting primarily leisure travel to the area, but also just promoting the area and the wonderful lifestyle that exists here um, is an important component of the work that we do. So thanks. thanks. Thank you. you. You really need, you've got to do a podcast sometime on wedding venues because yes. I've learned the main, I'm, I'm so excited about, but just what a, um, what an industry it is. And right? I'm so excited that we're getting something like that in James City County. But I don't know if you're getting ready to cut us off, but I did want to just take a quick minute and just say thank you to the city of Williamsburg, the county of York all the partners that are on the Tourism Council, uh, Colonial Williamsburg, Bush Gardens, Jamestown, everybody that is on there, hotel, motel, restaurant, everyone. Um, and it's through those partnerships, I think, that, that it's going to help us come out stronger. And look at Colonial Williamsburg. I mean, they've given up the visitor center. Right. <laughs> in order to do this vaccination clinic, to get our educators vaccinated, to get our, our county our municipal workers vaccinated to get the public vaccinated. That is huge, and that is going to go a long way towards helping us get open again. And so I'm just so grateful for, for everything that they're doing, everything the county staff, the staffs at all three localities are doing to get us into a better place. And um, so appreciate Vicki and her staff. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, any final words before we wrap up? 
No, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the, the work that we've done to ensure that as a public body we're compliant and that we're um, making sure that all of the work that we do is um, fair and open and visible uh, is, is a very important piece, um, but also that the work that we're doing is strong. It's testing well. It's driving awareness. It's driving tax revenue during a non-pandemic <laughs> non times. Um, but but it's, it's economic development, and it's, it's, it's an important piece to the overall puzzle that make this community such an important and special place. Do remember all of our meetings we are a public body so everything is on our website you know we have all of our minute information minutes and all of our meeting information our meetings are open to the public um, they are by zoom right now mm -hmm. um, don't know when we're going to resume in-person meetings but you know all of that is open and we we welcome participation so and we will include telephone numbers and email okay. addresses Thank and you. everything websites so so you had said Two things, two themes. Life at your pace, which is nice, and I think especially now because, yes. you know, people are getting ready at their own pace. Right. And so then life should be at your place, at your own pace. And then reuniting with what really matters. I really like that. That's nice. Well, just remember, or at least I'd like to say, I'm the best version of myself when I'm on vacation. <laughs> yes. And um, <laughs> and I, I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And so when when you're experiencing life at the pace that you want to experience it, it, it enhances that. So Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you both so much for being here. And thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you'll be sure to never miss an episode. And go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes as well as a form. And if you can complete that form, give us comments, critiques, feedback, show ideas, we would love to hear it. So thank you once again so much for tuning in and we will talk with you soon.